You're listening to Louder Builder, a podcast dedicated to marketing in the building services industry. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Louder Builder, a podcast that's dedicated to building professionals looking to up the appeal of their companies. If you are tasked with modernizing your look or getting in front of better project opportunities or snagging the workforce to get the job done, then you've definitely tuned into the right place. Now, if I mention two words, AutoZone, does your brain immediately give it that dramatic twist of saying, AutoZone? Or if I mention O'Reilly's Auto Parts, do you automatically default in your mind to saying, Oh, oh, O'Reilly's? Now, both of these major auto retail brands spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year bombarding you on radio and other channels over and over again, programming your brain in the hopes that if you need to run out and grab that spark plug, you're going to choose their location over their competitors. Now, thankfully, being in the B2B world of the building industry, talking to colleagues like yourself, you're not under pressure to have to come up with a catchy jingle or a million-dollar advertising campaign to bring in business. The people that you're targeting are a relatively small, select group of people who are looking for a unique skill set that your company and your team just so happen to possess. But, as you know, to win their business and gain trust and loyalty, you have to establish a strategic space that genuinely differentiates your company from the competition. And it's got to demonstrate your tangible value to connect your audiences beyond that superficial level of repetitive advertising jingles and slogans. This step in the brand development process is called positioning, which initially is a lot harder, 10 times harder than coming up with a slogan or jingle, but 20 times more beneficial for companies like yours in this space. Now, in previous episodes, we already talked about discovering your audiences and learning how to capitalize on what compels and motivates them. We also covered how to identify your competition and ways that you can establish a competitive advantage. And all of these steps lead up to establishing a positioning platform on which to stand to operate moving forward. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, if I were to ask you to tell me what makes your company so special, I bet you $100 that you'd come back with three things. You provide excellent customer service. No other company in the world treats your clients as well as you do. You have unparalleled integrity. You will work all weekend to finish the project that you committed to. And it's all about your people. You treat them like family, and it's their positive and can-do attitude and abilities that make the difference for your company. And if you're scratching your head and asking, well, how did he guess that so accurately? My team and I work with GCs and subcontractors, material suppliers, engineering firms, and without fail across the industry, that is what every single building business leadership team answers all the time when we ask that question in the initial interview. Unfortunately, this misses the point of positioning altogether. While those are all great values, don't get me wrong, if everyone, every company across the board can claim the same thing, then all it is is just noise. Like we do with our clients, we dig deeper about each one of those sentiments. What does customer service really mean for your clients? And how do you really put your money where your mouth is as far as integrity goes? If you claim that you treat your team so well and that's what's so special about your company, have you asked your team lately what really matters to them? Now let me give you an example of a famous brand that really walks the walk from that point of view. Last night I was working in the shop and I did hear a commercial for Les Schwab tires. And it was not very memorable, it was just there. 
And, you know, they've given away like free beef in the past. I don't really know if they do it right now. But what I do know about Les Schwab tires is if I ever get a nail in my tire, I can drop by there, they'll drop everything it seems, and they'll come out and they'll fix my tire for free, no questions asked. And in a day and age where everything is so expensive and in an industry notorious for ripping people off, it's such an interesting concept to me. It's like a breath of fresh air. So I did a little research on Les Schwab. When Leslie Schwab took over a failing two-employee tire repair shop in 1962, he didn't even know how to change a tire. He says that his first job, he actually had to have the customer educate him how to change the tire. But from the very beginning, he had a clear idea of how he was going to position his business going forward. He did his homework, his competitive research. He drove around and he discovered that even though he was up against giant brands like Firestone or Goodyear, the perception of local tire stores were of grimy, disrespectful, unhelpful, sleazy mechanics. He responded by positioning Les Schwab as a tire company that offered clean, friendly, proactive customer experience, where all the associates wore crisp white shirts and were encouraged to run out and greet the customer in the parking lot as they drove up. He instituted the policy to fix any flat tire for free, betting on the odds that the customers would be so impressed and smitten that when they needed a new set of tires, they would return to his store. And it's sometimes I'm astounded by this business practice. It seems almost sacrilege to give away services when the prices are through the roof on everything, but it worked. To retain his team, Schwab also began a share the wealth profit sharing plan that began in the 50s and continues to this day. Schwab Tires returns about half the company's profits to its employees through an annual dividend, retirement accounts, and other funding. And as a part of the program, the company also shares its financial information with its team members, which galvanizes trust, loyalty, and advocacy, and gives them a right to claim that they genuinely take care of their team members. As his brand positioning that he established at the beginning and clung to until he just recently passed on, Schwab concluded that among tire buyers and employees, trust in the dealer was far more important than the brand of tire, its specifications and features and benefits, even among the national conglomerates. He figured out that he could capture the local market through the sheer force of honesty, generosity, and superb customer service. And I'm here to say as an official member of his target demographic, because his position and his values appeal to me personally, I would never even consider another store to go to when I have to get the tires changed on my vehicle. And like Les Schwab, you find a unique space in the industry and you plant a flag there. It's a quick, concise explanation of how you're just that much different from other similar firms out there by offering something that they can't or won't. It also provides clarity about your company's purpose. What is your company about beyond just making money? What motivates you, your management team, and the workers to get out of bed every morning? To craft your brand position, create a short mantra that you can say in 10 seconds or less that captures the irrefutable essence of your company. It should be memorable, relatable, and actionable on a daily basis. Ultimately, you should be able to complete the sentence simply and succinctly. Our blank is the only blank the blanks. As branding specialist Marty Neumar says, if you can't say why your brand is both different and compelling in just a few words, don't fix the statement, fix your company. For instance, here are a couple of famous brands. Cirque du Soleil, the only circus that doesn't have animals. Southwest Airlines, 
focusing on economy fares instead of luxury travel experiences which every other airline in the industry was doing at the time. Tesla combining high quality luxury, economy, and environmental consciousness. Your position should focus on the needs of your audiences and their emotional pain points based on industry trends and how you are passionately driven to solve their problems. Here are a couple of examples from the construction sector. Skanska, we create innovative and sustainable solutions that support healthy living beyond our lifetime. Turner Construction, reflecting the communities in which we build and to achieve equitable representation at all levels of our company. Hansel Phelps, from people to partners, process and technology, we're dedicated to delivering excellence in all we do. Establishing a position takes hard work and it can't be solved in 10 minutes. There are several frameworks that you can utilize out there, but in a nutshell, they all work off the same kind of basic question structure. First of all, what superior ability does your team possess that's valued by others and what you're passionate about so much that it actually gives you energy to keep moving your business forward more than any other thing? Next, who are your ideal clients? Who are the most profitable and give you the most energy when you work with them? And what are their emotional pain points as far as your services go? And what's in it for them? How are your team, processes, technologies, values, a perfect and beneficial fit for them? And also, what clients do you not want to attract? Who do you not enjoy working with? Who sucks away all the profit margins or typically just have a way higher PIA factor than is acceptable that don't even make the project worth it. And lastly, think about it. What really sets you apart from your competitors beyond what I call the three cliches? For example, this is a hypothetical composite from a few clients we work with. During our discovery process with a design build GC firm, we noticed how a few of the younger leadership team members were embracing BIM and virtual reality and other technologies. At first, they all kind of shrugged it off, thinking, well, everyone does this these days. But eventually, we arrived at the conclusion that it did check a lot of their positioning boxes. The tech allowed for a superior client experience, allowing them to virtually walk through and preview projects before the ground was even broken. And it increased confidence in the company's abilities, as well as efficiency, because things could be mapped and refined in the digital environment where revisions were really cheap. And ultimately, it protected the team members by foreseeing risk and minimizing safety hazards. And so we decided to double down on that aspect alone by creating a positioning statement using technology to drive the future of construction, which is a bold statement because there's a lot of other elements to that company. But they found that they could use it as a rallying cry to get excited about going into the future, to build the right kind of team around that aspect, attract the right clients who wanted to embrace technology, repel the wrong ones who didn't, and develop a strategic marketing plan and grow towards that one common business goal. Remember, there's no exact right answer and your positioning will always be a work in progress. Times and trends change, the industry evolves, but make sure you don't get complacent and recognize when the position starts to become obsolete. And when it does, reassess your purpose and adjust your position just to keep in step. I'm Rusty George and believe me that if you take the time to establish a strong brand position, you'll be ahead of 99% of all the other building firms out there and you'll have the advantage of comfortably managing your business from a strategic approach and not have to be so reactionary to the ups and downs like everybody else in the industry.
Once you nail down a strong brand position, everything else that you're building from imagery, messaging, and marketing to your website and all other things will fall into place. You can use it as a tool to guide how you communicate, how you act, how you conduct business on a daily basis. It enables you to better connect with your clients and inspire your team, which will lead you down the path to become, ultimately, a Louder Builder. Thank you for listening to Louder Builder, a podcast dedicated to marketing in the building services industry. Be sure to like and subscribe, and don't forget to visit us on louderbuilder.com.